Hello and welcome to The Narrow Gate. This is Orly, your host again. I'm glad to be back. I wanted to connect with you because I wanted to wish you a happy Christmas. I know it's one day after Christmas, but still we are in the spirit of Christmas. Um, so uh, it's been a while, uh, uh, maybe a month or so. And the last time I had an episode, we were talking about St. Paul and um, his salvation story. So it's good to be back. I hope you had a great Christmas um, and that everything um, between now and the new year goes well for you also. Um, I myself have had some changes. I may not write about it or talk about it. I was in France, uh, some of you know, for a few months, maybe five months. And before that, I went to London. So I went in the summer. Um, I wanted to go to I wanted to do some traveling before I kind of maybe settle down for the new year. So I was in um, one month in London and I spent a few months in France as well. And it was okay. It was good. It was a good experience. It was what I wanted to see and what I wanted to do. But I would say that France wouldn't be a country for me. Um, it has. It is a beautiful country, but it wasn't really a country where I would... Uh, want to um, stay. So I am back in Portugal and I'm quite excited to be back where I um, spent seven months during COVID and I'm really glad to be back. I'm in um, northern Portugal. I'm in Porto. I also lived in Lisbon, um, but I prefer Porto. I think it suits me better. I prefer the climate and I prefer the, oh, it's just more relaxed um, so I'm really, really happy to be here and 2023 is uh, exciting for me because I've made a decision to stay in Porto now. So, um, so what I want to share with you is some, um, wisdom or advice or some knowledge that I have about goal setting, um, you know, from life coaching, but really more to the point of, finding God's will for your life. So in 2023, everybody, you know, it's a good, I think it's going to be a good year in my, you know, we've come through COVID. COVID was awful. And there was a lot of recovery after COVID, so much recovery. And I think most of us are recovering from something. It could be a loss for some people. Many people lost people during COVID. Many people, um, just felt depressed, maybe isolated, lonely, disillusioned by COVID. I mean, the whole world was affected by it. And financially, we're still trying to pull ourselves back together again. Some of us had savings that we had to dig into. I had to personally dig into savings during COVID and other people had had to make life changes Um to survive the pandemic. So like with any trauma, conflict, uh, chaos, there is a recovery period. So I think last year, to me, in my, in my own assessment, it was kind of like a recovery year. And we all have ways of coping with that. Uh, for me, travel really helps me when I'm, you know, 
working through those emotions. Um, and so I think for everybody, we really need to work through things. And that's something I'm very strong about. And God has been speaking to me now this Christmas about my own purpose and my own vision and my own will. And I was getting a little bit confused after my time in France because I didn't feel France was for me and I didn't have a lot of peace there because of it. Um, now, I don't want to write critical things about France because perhaps it just wasn't the right place for me. And when we are out of God's will, we can lose that sense of peace. Um, I didn't enjoy Leon at all, I must say. I didn't enjoy that city. I didn't enjoy it because of... Um, I didn't find it a very warm place, although there were a few nice people I met. I always do meet nice people. But on a whole, I didn't like it because I feel it's quite a secular society. And for me as a Christian, that can really be difficult for me. Some countries, um, they, um, they may not be born again as such, but they carry out the, still carry out the Christian values, which I find in Porto or in Portugal in general. They may not be of that many born-again Christians here, but there are, they are living by the Christian values. And a lot of born-again believers, I hear them say, oh, they're Catholic, what do they know? And I'm not in that same thinking. I'm not like that. I think if you are in any Christian denomination whatsoever, you are still believing, you still believe in God, you are still following the wisdom of the Christian and faith. So, um, so I'm happy to be in Porto, even though it's mainly Catholic, and I come from a Catholic background. And um, though I will go to a born again church, I like the atmosphere because people are living a Christian um, way. They are living a Christian way, and I found this, particularly in Lyon. I'm not saying all of France. I found it very, very secular. They have rejected God mostly. And so there isn't that um, warmth in the people. It's more like um, everyone out for themselves. So, you know, I think people want to give up God, but what have we got to replace it with? And this is what I try to you know, I wonder about people. If you're going to throw the Christian faith out, what are you going to replace it with? Because the secular has nothing to give us. So um, that's my thought. And actually, after being in France, it makes me more fervent because it was so difficult to be with people of no faith, uh, to be around them. And um, the other thing is I have a kind of a vision or oh, I have a gift of evangelism. It's one of the gifts that I feel I have. I've discerned that. And um, there wasn't an openness in Lyon in France. So if there's no openness to receiving the gospel, in the end, it was better for me to leave. And the Bible does tell us. If they don't receive you in that town, just move on and wipe the dust from your feet. 
and I must say, leaving Leon immediately changed my spirit. And so I had that discernment to leave. And, and when I got here, arrived in Porto, I had an instant peace. And so then I took the time to sit down to really ask God, what is his will for my life in 2023? So I spent a few days here working on that before Christmas. And I'm going to share with you here what I did and how you can do the same thing. Okay. So I've also written a blog for the new year for, um, um, for medium. So I'm going to share with you here what's God's will for your life in 2023 um, so that you can start the new year with clarity and a renewed vision because that's what I wanted for myself. So I did that. I spent two days doing that um, before Christmas I um, and I feel at peace now and I feel I have clarity. So I'd like to share that with you so maybe you can use this time. It's a very... Um, in my mind, I think this is a wonderful time after Christmas Day. You have quite a few days now before the new year to actually really sit down and find some quiet time to really discern the will. So who wants to start January? You are all confused. Why not use this season now so that in 2023 you can kick off to a good start, knowing what you're doing, having a vision having clarity and just moving into it and putting 2022 behind you. And we have things to be grateful for. Whatever we did, I, I had a good 2023, but 2022, but I also had some challenges. So we can just reflect on that, look at the difficulties, leave them behind, learn from them, be grateful for the good things that happened in 2022 and take on the new year with a new zeal. So I'm going to do it in a step-by-step format because I've written it out here um, and hopefully you can just follow it um, follow it here. I don't have lots of scriptures for this particular talk. I just wanted to talk. I felt as well in my own vision that um, I do a lot of writing, but I sometimes think that right, um, I want to move more towards speaking also uh, because I like speaking. I like that part of, uh, of my work and I want to move more into podcasts as well. I feel I haven't been on Substack enough and so I'm going to start putting more of my time and effort into Substack and less time onto into medium. I do work in medium, but it's very secular. And I'm finding that again, similar to my time in Leon. If I'm around too many people, non-believers, it's not good for my spirit. I pick up that spirit of anxiety and competitive spirit. There's a lot of competitiveness, I feel, in the writing environment. Um, and sometimes they're only competing with themselves if you know it's kind of like they're driven for success and I pick up that energy and I don't always like it it's not 
Sometimes you think it's motivating you and other times it's actually unhealthy because it can be worldly. And I don't want to be driven by worldly success. I want to be driven by God's will for my life. I'd like to find a different word than success. So the scripture that comes to mind is seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. So um, believers are not totally different from non-believers in that sense. We have needs, we have wants and we have desires. But we don't want those to be our driving force, okay? God promises he will provide for our needs. And so he does when we believe and we trust him. So number one, we should not, and I'm learning myself, I also have worried about money and worried about where I live and what I'll do and my future. Uh, You know, so God brings me back to say, I have already told you in the Bible that I will provide for your needs. We should not be worrying about our needs, which means where we live, what we eat, what we drink, what we wear. God has said he will provide those for you. You're a believer. So that is already taken care of. And every other desire outside of that, we can just ask God for. He says, ask and it will be given unto you. So if I need or want something else, then I can come to God the Father and ask for that. So he will add above my needs and give me more. He will give you more. But the first thing is that you, we, you and me, as believers, we need to get our priorities right. And the right priority is to have the foundation that you are the rock. You are standing on the rock and the rock is God. That he is your rock and that you are committed to walking with him every day and seeking his will for your life every day. That is walking in the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to give you six easy, simple ways to work out God's will for your life so that in 2023 you will be just on fire and full of peace. So the first thing I would say is to make a decision to seek his will today. You know, especially if you have my, (laughs) if you're listening to this. Just say to yourself, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a decision to seek his will today. And the first thing you need to do is set time aside for this. So now you listen to this podcast. Fine. Take some notes. I would recommend you take some notes and always have a notebook or a piece of paper or iPad. Because it's intentional. It means that you're intentional. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm not just going to sit there Oh, that's a nice podcast, turn it off, go back to sleep. No, maybe press pause and say, yeah, she's right. I'm going to get a cup of coffee now. I'm going to get a pen and paper. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to do this for me, for yourself. Don't do it for, don't do it for Orla. Um, do it for yourself. So you're going to make a decision. That means setting time aside for prayer, reading the scriptures. So have your Bible. 
get it together, choose a scripture, look up that one, I'll add it at the end here, seek first the kingdom of God and all those things should be added unto you. And, uh, you know, just read through the scriptures. There's so much you could be reading. But even if you don't know what to read, just read a psalm, read the, read um, uh, Proverbs, Book of Proverbs, lots of wisdom in that. Um, and just read from the New Testament. I, I do think the New Testament is easier and more used. For me, I, I think it's easier for practical day-to-day living living and walking in the spirit of god all those books in the new testament are encouraging and easy to read and uh, so uh, so and write down the problem areas in your life and that's what i did i came from france it was difficult i had some challenges it was I had to put that behind me and write those problems down and talk to God about them, okay? And I did that. Now I'm okay. I put it behind me, some of the difficulties. The second second thing to do is to examine these areas of your life carefully. Go through them. What about your work? That can be your job, your career, or your your work of uh, ministry, serving God. Some people serve God as a ministry and that's their life and they can get paid for that. Some people have enough finances and they've retired and they have enough money and they are committed to the work of God and they are financially secure enough to be able to do that. And then there are others, um, which is probably my category, is that I... I am committed to the work of God, but I also have to provide for uh, my needs financially. You know, well, God provides for them, but he uses my skills, so I work. I'm a teacher. You know, that's uh, at the moment where I'm in providing. I do write as well, but I don't really make money from writing yet. So, uh, so teaching English is a... Um, is one area where I have an income and I ask God to help me open doors with the other skills that I have. Um, so, But that will come in God's time. So that's something I'm thinking about and goals for the future. So for goals, um, I would rather now as a Christian think about God's will rather than the goals. So the goals would be the steps that I would take then looking at the relationships in our lives. So we have to look at everything, you know, every relationship from work, uh, work relationships. I, I have to say the last work environment to me was unhealthy for me. It was unhealthy environment. So it was, um, my students are never a problem. It was the same when I was nursing. My patients were never a problem, but sometimes the environment wasn't good. The managers weren't good or the colleagues were not nice. And it didn't help me in my spirit. But I never had a problem with any patient. I don't think I ever as a nurse had a problem with a patient. Why would I? I was there to care for them. I was never against them. And if ever a patient shouted or something at me, usually they were 
uh, under the influence of alcohol or they were in pain. They were never directing it at me. And I always knew that as a nurse. So I, um, you know, in their own anger, their own issues. Sometimes I got upset as a nurse, people screaming at me, you know. But I always knew that they weren't screaming at me. They were usually in, in pain, emotional, mental, psychological, or physical pain. I never had a problem with my patients, but sometimes the environment was unhealthy. So I had an unhealthy teaching environment uh, in France, and I didn't like that, so I had to make changes. And when I made changes, my peace returned. So you need to consider your work, your relationships with family, friends, or partner, whoever, if you're married, or you're dating, something like that. So all those areas need to look at. And are you having peace? Then your health, how is your health? Do you need to make adjustments to your health, your finances? Have you looked at your finances? Is it that is that a painful area for you? Sometimes finances is painful. I had that in the past also a few years back. It was kind of even painful to look at them. But then I did. Well, God led me. I prayed about it. It was God's will to help me. So I had to look at that area until I dealt with the pain. So finances... Um, so the outward life is just a representation of your inward spiritual life. So that's why we need to look out at our relationships, our health, our finances. Everything that's going wrong on the outside means it's going wrong on the inside. And that's what we need to be looking at. And that's why we need to take time to do it. Sometimes we can do it alone and we can and we can, but other times we're not at that space and you may need a counselor, you may need a coach, you may need to talk to your pastor, you may need to talk to a good friend, can you know, uh, a parent. When I was younger my mother was great for helping me. But I don't have my mother today. So we need people like that in our lives who we can confide in and trust. But if you were in a good head space or mental, emotional, spiritual space, you could do this work yourself and try to get that balance into your life. So the third point is, do you have a crucial decision to make at the moment right now that you are undecided? The Bible does talk about being unstable, to be double-minded, if you don't, you if you were, I can find that scripture and add it. If you are um, double-minded, you are unstable in all your ways, it says. And it's true. So if the mind is divided, you don't know where you're sitting. You're sitting on the fence. Oh, well, I don't know if I should do that. Maybe I should do this. I don't know. Uh, it just sends your whole world into chaos. So this is why we need to center ourselves. There can be an internal conflict going on. I've had that recently, especially when I was in France there, things were, I was very unbalanced because I was, you know, I was in an environment that wasn't healthy for me and I knew it and I didn't know it and I was not trusting myself. So eventually, eventually I got back to trusting myself and listening to my inner wisdom 
and making the right decision for me. The problem there for me was people pleasing, you know, it comes from old, my old un, unhealed, uh, the old self can sometimes just be sort of hanging around there, people pleasing, you know, sort of not putting my needs first and the will of God for my life. So sometimes you need to get that balance and come back into the center and listen. You may have to just ask the Holy Spirit to help you to discern this voice, this quiet, calm, you know, the quiet voice within. Because the loud voice on the outside can be dominating. And that's why sometimes I don't like being too much online. I came off Facebook a long time ago. I sometimes, you know, go in there just to post articles or something. But I don't like the atmosphere because sometimes it's worldly and sometimes writing a medium, it's also secular. So I can read articles, I enjoy them, but then I get sucked into worldly thinking again. So I have to guard my mind and heart in Christ. So that's why I come back to uh, Substack because I have more control here on Substack. I think, you know, I can choose better what I listen to who I listen to, whereas I find medium is a little bit more, ooh, it's like, you know, it can be fun, but you can be drawn in. So be careful of being drawn into the world. So try to do that if you are undecided. Try to sit down, center yourself, sit, sitting quietly, you know, put on music, pray, calm your mind, read the Bible. Do something centering. Get to, you know, do, go for a walk if that helps you. Spend the time to center yourself. Everybody's different. Some people go for a jog. Some people like to go for a walk with their animals, their dogs. Some people sit with the cat, you know. I love cats as well. Well, light a candle, have a, have a shower, have a bath. Whatever, whatever it takes to get yourself into the right space. Wear clothing that's comfortable. You know, you won't be sitting there in a pair of jeans or too uncomfortable to sit in. You know, you can create a whole environment in order to be centered for prayer. And also for prayer, I have been reading and considering it myself about prayer. I read something about prayer and it said... Um, Posture, this uh, pastor I was listening to online. I don't always say who I listen to because there's too many Christians who are critical about one pastor over another. And I think it's wrong to be doing that because who are you to judge which pastor is right and which is wrong? You know, so I have to be really careful about telling people who I listen to because. Um, then they will discard me because of that critical mindset. So we need to have wisdom about the body in the body of Christ, you know. So because some sometimes uh, some preachers and pastors are absolutely amazing, and then you might listen to the wrong person if your mind is not right. So this. 
preacher was talking about position and posture in prayer. And I thought that was interesting. And I'm going to work on that myself. It's something I want to work on for the new year. You know, some people like to sit. Some people like to kneel. Some people like to have a kind of a certain room that where they pray. And um, and so I am I'm working on that. I want to find a kind of a prayer space and a position that's comfortable but not too comfortable where you fall asleep so there is a lot to it there are only six steps i'm giving you but it takes time to incorporate them into your life so what i'm saying is you can do them from now to the new year and just to kind of Focus yourself and get going for 2023. But I would say these are things that you have to incorporate into your life to develop a healthy Christian life and a good prayer life and a good, healthy, balanced life for your future. So it's not just six steps and that's it. I mean, it's six steps for now. And then you start using these steps. That's my hope for you. So the fourth step is to let the Holy Spirit guide you. I've already said that, but yes, let the Holy Spirit guide you through it all, through the whole process. So you're writing and trusting, okay? Sometimes we say, oh, yeah, yeah, but was it really God that I heard? You see, and uh, we can be guilty of that. If you're going to take time, to filter out all the noise from the world, social media, the radio, the TV, the family, your friends, voices. And you do that diligently in a prayerful spirit. Then trust it. Trust yourself and trust God. And so ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and then trust what you hear. Okay. Because if you don't trust, where is the faith? The fifth step is seek godly counsel if you need to. But I would say that this is not always necessary. It depends on where you are, on your walk with God, your maturity, your stability. Or it doesn't matter if you're a mature Christian, but if you've been really set off balance by some situation and you enter into that time of confusion, then seek godly counsel. Um, And another thing about godly counsel is you are seeking their opinion, their wisdom, but that doesn't mean you have to follow it. And if they are dictating what you should do, you should do this, you should do that, well, then that's not really good counsel. Good counsel is someone who will listen to you with a spirit of compassion and they care about you. And they will just give you advice based on scripture, based on what you've told them, but they will not tell you what to do. They will listen and maybe just give an objective. Really what they would do, someone with good counsel, if they're giving you good counsel, 
This is how you can recognize it. If they say, well, I think you should do this and I think that's wrong and that you shouldn't have done that because that was really wrong and you should do this and hopefully next time you will learn. Now, that is not good counsel because why? They're making you feel like a child and you were wrong. Anyone who's making you feel wrong, nothing is wrong. It's just what you did at that time. If someone tells you that you're wrong, that's just condemning you. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, even if you do go off track. So good counsel. You will feel heard. You will feel loved. You will feel respected. You will not feel hurried by them. If they don't have the time to listen to you, then do they really care? And what all they're going to do is mirror back to you what you told them. And usually when they listen and mirror back to you what you said, then you will probably work it out yourself. And you will probably end up saying to them, so I think maybe I will do this. Perhaps I took a wrong turn. I think maybe I will do that. They will probably just say, okay. And that's it. And then you say, thank you for listening. <laughs> so remember, godly counsel is good godly counsel. Okay, so there's wisdom there. And number six, trust the outcome. Now, I had to put that there for myself because sometimes I am guilty of, oh, did I really hear from God? So... Um, If you took the time to do it, one good way of um, trusting the outcome is writing it down. This is what I did a few days ago, and I really think it helped me. And it came to me in my spirit, actually. At the end of my time in prayer, discernment, I really got a clear thing that says, now write the vision down. And uh, because I remember the scripture from Habakkuk and that says, write a clear vision down on a tablet, write it down clear, you know. And in the past, I would say, how can I write it down? I don't know what it is. But actually, you don't have to write the details. You just write down more, um, more something that you would see in the bigger picture. You know, for instance, I think I even still have mine here. Okay, something I wrote was, for example, I see um, um, I see God um, guiding me into a life of peace and um, confidence, and I can see me walking in His will. I I can't remember it exactly, and it's better I don't tell you mine anyway. And after I wrote down the vision of uh, what I thought I saw, then I wrote down steps that I would take. So the end it with the practical steps, because practical steps means I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to that church, I'm going to talk to that Christian person that I wanted to talk to, I'm going to go about. So all the things that you are going to do to make your vision uh, manifest. So... Um, usually involves people. It usually involves going somewhere. It usually involves maybe a job, or you might have to be looking for a job. You may need to uh, relocate. You may need to do things. So you have practical steps. Write them down. 
and then you're going to get into action. Those things will increase the vision, will keep you going forever. And as soon as the vision feels you're fading, you can just write it again. Keep writing the vision, keep looking ahead. And then put the steps in action and that will motivate you and give you energy. And that's very important because without the energy and the motivation. And when we are in a haze of confusion, I know because I've just been in it. When we go into that haze of confusion, where am I going? What am I doing? We sort of energy goes down and motivation goes down and we don't know where we're going because that's that double-mindedness again. So when you have the mind of Christ, your vision is straight. Then you're, you're moving in the right direction again. And then God will keep you on it. So I'd write out those steps and put them into action. So um, that is everything really on the list. I don't like to go on too long. I wanted to share, you know, how I do it as well. So if you have any questions, I hope that will help you to discern God's will for your life and put it into action this year. And I want to wish you... Um, the very best for the future. I hope you enjoy the rest of the Christmas season, whatever you do with your family or friends. And I hope that 2023 will be an absolute blessing for you and that you will really start to walk in. In you hear the church bells there. <laughs> you can walk in God's will. So thank you for listening. And um I hope to be back again soon because I want to spend more time on Substack. So thank you and Happy New Year.